0: Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about the history of the beer, what's in it, how it was made, the history of the brewery, along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part
1: of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant,
0: we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Forgotten Cinema is now <laughs> looking for a new co-host to join myself, Mike field because Mike Butler's a bitch. <laughs> revenge <Cooperative> is coming! <laughs> this is my town! Right, oh, no, I, sur- I would love you, to do a James Bond I'll, I'll do it right it. now. Cancel yeah. the other podcast. You son of a-
0: <laughs> <laughs> What about all these women? These are all women, beautiful women. We're the regular
1: women. <laughs> he's like, it's Los Angeles. Is this the movie that's going to end the show? Is going to end the podcast? Because <laughs> this movie, like, I cannot, I cannot tell people to watch this movie. Like, I will not, this movie is not good. You get the hell off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it to the limit one more time. Hello, I'm Mike
0: Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to The Forgotten Cinema Podcast Season 9, The Season of Summer. Each episode this season, we're highlighting a film that had a coveted summer release date, but for a variety of reasons was forgotten or straight up ignored by audiences. Whether it was because it was pitted against a tempo film or was given a limited release run to fill out a studio schedule. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of over 100
1: episodes for your listening pleasure. Nice job. Right? Woohoo! We are episode 11. Yes. 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 We're almost at the end of the, well, not really summer, we're at the end of July. <laughs> Oh, right, because yeah, this ends at the end of July, I believe. Right, yeah. So, so we're smack dab in the summer. We hope you enjoy your pool, and we hope you're enjoying the the weather out there, the nice nice heat. Bob was shaking his head because he doesn't like the 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 hot summer and hot summer I gonna, days. I was gonna say I'm going to enjoy your pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, I guess listen, well, so you uh, got the time now, man. gonna be some <laughs> pool. <parties. laughs> all right. So uh, today we are doing the movie, the 1996 Western Mystery. Lone Star, it's also an indie, uh, in the Texas border town of Frontera, Sheriff Sam Deeds digs up the past when he finds an old skull in the desert. As he traces the murder of Sheriff Charlie Wade 40 years earlier, Deeds' investigation points toward his late father, the much-loved deputy Buddy Deeds. Ignoring warnings not to delve in any deeper, Sam rekindles a romance with his high school sweetheart while bringing up old tensions in the town and exposing secrets long put to rest. That's a part of the story. I think I would think that a better synopsis is also that this is a story about people, people that, you know, relationships and, you know, past and present. Um, But, yeah, that's a part of the story. So that's a synopsis of a piece of the story.
0: Uh, It's also a little wrong that the
1: investigation is what stirs up this. It just Yeah. Yeah. We got to write something, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So Lone Star has a runtime of one hundred and thirty five minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of five million dollars. Its release date is June 21st, 1996, so right in the summer, right before, a week or so before the July 4th weekend, which is a pretty big uh, movie weekend, especially for Will Smith back in the day. Uh, Opening weekend, it did $232,000, but don't let that fool you because it did 12 million total worldwide and domestic, so well exceeding its $5 million production budget. So it must have lasted a long time in theaters? I believe so, yes. It also... Was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, so that probably also helped as well. Yes. Uh, the production company was Castle Rock Entertainment, distributed by Sony Pictures Classics. On the 21st, it went up against The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the animated movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most people feel that way. And Eraser, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Also. Uh, yeah. That's probably my least favorite Arnold movie. Mm, really? Least favorite. Uh, you like The Sixth Day, right? I do like The Sixth Day. I think The Sixth Day has got some fun stuff. Least favorite. least I I can't remember a lot of Raw Deal. Raw Deal is super cheesy. I don't remember a lot of Eraser. I remember some parts, but not a lot. Hmm, I guess that's a... You could, I remember watching yeah. it as
0: a kid and all this action's happening. And even as, you know, 1996 and I'm nine. I was like, this is,
1: <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. They had that one scene, though. Wasn't there one scene in Eraser that was... Oh, man, I don't Did know. like I'm a blanking. night vision sniper scene that I remember being yeah. like kind of interesting. Just to, just to give another shout out to another uh, podcast. This is probably a good Triple T episode for Penta Comics. Oh, do you Racer? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a good one for them. I know which T I would choose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the 28th of June, which is the week after uh, you had the Nutty Professor, which is funny. Um, this is that's the Eddie Murphy movie and Striptease. That's uh, Demi Moore, right? That's the Demi Moore one. Yeah, I remember liking that, but I don't ever i've never seen it ever since it's got a better story than showgirls yeah but showgirls is a an acquired taste showgirls is showgirls is what it is specific but but you have to like a lot of stuff went into uh showgirls specifically making it the way it is like you know it's it's purposely cheesy oh no i know yeah yeah. i wonder would i still like striptease i know burt reynolds is is in that right is burt reynolds in that uh, yeah i think so man i feel old i can't even remember these movies it's 96. Uh, the week before, which is June 14th, you had The Cable Guy. I do remember that movie. Uh, and then, limited release, you had Moll Flanders and Stealing Beauty. Uh, so, not a lot going on that, uh, that that month of June. The Cable Guy's a big release. Uh, and That's then, him and coming right professor. off the mask, right? No, yeah. The Cable Guy's a huge release. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, The Cable Guy w- was right off, not right after Ace Ventura, too. As oh, well. it, it's yeah, it's, it's when he ask. was okay. hot. And then the cable guy came. I was like, oh, this isn't like Jim Carrey. But it's like, that's a dark the comedy. cable guy's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and then the Professor was a big hit. It was very funny. All right. So yep. this movie is written and directed by John Sayles. He has done Madawan, Eight Men Out, The Secret of Rowan Inish. Uh, he has been nominated for an Oscar for writing for Passion Fish. Uh, he's also written Honey Dripper, Sunshine State, and he also is a writer and I believe a consulting producer on the Alienist TV show. I don't know if he did second season, but I know it's the first season. Cinematography by Stuart Dryberg. He is, or Dryberg, he has done, uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for The Piano. He's also done The Recruit, a Butler fave. That's on the, yeah, that's on the list. On we'll the list. at some point. Bridget Jones's Diary and Men in Black International. Composer, oh. what's up? Oh. <laughs> Composer was Mason <laughs> Daring. He is on Prefontaine, Where the Heart Is and The Opposite of Sex. Edited also by John Sales. He uh, John Sales pretty much edits his own movies. Uh, so all the ones I listed before, he's edited. Uh, produced by R. Paul Miller, who's done Prozac Nation and Snow Angels, and then Maggie Renzi, who does uh, who did Girl Fight, and she also uh, produces a lot of sales films as well. Cast was Chris Cooper as Sam Deeds. Cooper is has won an Oscar for his role in adaptation. He's also the father in October Sky, and he's also in American Beauty. Matthew McConaughey as Buddy Deeds. Now. He is Matthew McConaughey is playing Buddy Deeds. He's playing the father of Sam Deeds, but it's 40 years in the past. So they do have some transitions between past and present in terms of the storytelling. McConaughey, obviously, has won an Oscar for Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. He's also in Days Confused and the TV show True Detective. Chris Christopherson is Charlie Wade. He's nominated for an Oscar for a Songwriter. He's also in the 1976 version of A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand. He's in Payback and Blade. Elizabeth Pena, who plays Pilar, excuse me. Uh, she's in La Bamba. That's how I know her from. Predator 2 as well, and Batteries not included. Uh, Joe Morton as Dell. He's in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Speed, and the TV show Eureka, which I believe you like, Butler, right? I like the first couple of seasons. Eureka was fun. Okay. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Clifton James is Hollis. He's in Live and Let Die. Superman 2, Eight Men Out, and he has an uncredited role in the Untouchables. Miriam Colon as Mercedes Cruz. Uh, she's in Scarface. 1995 Sabrina and then goal. the dream begins. I have to yell it like that. Uh, she, <laughs> she she plays Elizabeth Pena's uh, Pilar's mother. Uh, and I should say that Hollis, uh, no, pardon, pardon me. Ron Canada plays Otis. Otis is Dell's father, who was Joe Morton. Uh, Ron Canada has also been in Adventures in Babysitting. I know that. Wedding Crashers <laughs> and National Treasure. Stephen Medeo as Cliff from Slapshot, Cobb, and G.I. Jane. And then Francis McDormand is in this movie. Uh, She plays the bunny. She plays Sam D's ex-wife, but it's like one scene, Uh, but she's really good in it. And um, if you don't know already, she's won three Oscars. She actually won four because she produced Nomadland, but she's won three acting Oscars, Fargo, Nomadland, and Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. And she's been nominated for three Oscars, North Country, Almost Famous, and Mississippi Burning. All right, Butler, this was my pick. I have always liked this movie. So before I get to your thoughts, I have always liked this movie. And, and I was a little, not nervous, but when I was watching it, I was like, oh, is this movie going to hold up for me? And I actually like this movie a lot more. Um, and I know it's 135 minutes. I did watch it in two sittings because I had, not because I fell asleep, but I knew I wasn't going to make it. So That's I, the, this is the first one in a while that took you two sittings, right? You've been pretty but I, but, it, but it was because of work. <laughs> it was because I had to work that night. I knew I wasn't going to get to it. So it was kind of like a logistics thing. Okay. So I, I wanted to start it because I didn't want to have to go into like uh, Thursday night, which is the night before we, we record on Friday morning. Right. I didn't want to go into Thursday night knowing that I had to watch this full movie. I got you. So that being said, I did watch in two sittings, but it did not feel long to me. I still, I actually like this movie a lot more. So I'm very curious if you dug this film because I know it's not plot driven. It's more character driven than anything. But Butler, go ahead. <sighs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I thought this was this is uh, this is a really good film. It is <sighs> part of it's plot driven, but it almost feels like there's three steph Step-Brit movies going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Granted, two of them have the same character, and then a third story, which is the one that's more kind of Joe Morton's character seems like it's its
1: own completely separate story it seems like with the dell and otis stuff the father and son uh dynamic seemed like that was probably you know cut out of the script a lot you know what i mean like there's probably more to their story oh, you think so okay um and i and i kind of it kind of left me wanting more i, I wanted to little uh, know a little bit more about them and the the you know, you kind of got the idea about the division between them. Uh, you, you know I would I mean? have liked maybe one flashback that showed what pushed
0: Del away. Yes. I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you get, it, you kind of get that mm-hmm. in their conversation. Just, it wasn't like one particular moment or one particular thing. It was just a combination of things that kind of pushed Otis and Dell away.
1: Well, you get the sense that, you know, Otis and, and Del's mother did not get along. Because that's something you know what I mean, right? They, they got divorced, they got and, separated, and Otis and Dell's mother, excuse me, always told Dell that you know Otis um, never asked about him, right? And then his his present wife tells Dell he never asked her about him. Yeah, he was getting information yeah, from his own. right, the whole and because he, he sees like this kind of shrine to Dell and all his achievements and stuff like that, so you kind of wanted something after that. You mm-hmm. kind of wanted like okay, not a reconciliation, but just kind of an understanding.
0: Well, I feel like
1: you kind of get that when
0: you get Dell and Chet talking about, are we going to see Grandpa? Grandpa lives here, right? Your fa- or your father lives right, here. He doesn't right, call right. Him Grandpa. And then Dell's like, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we can set up the backyard. Maybe we can have invite him over for like a barbecue. Right. And he also says, you know, he goes up to his son Chet, and at this point Dell has had been super tightly wound all about, you know, you got to join the military, you got to do this. And Dell's story, not just his story with Otis, but also the story with what's going on at his army base kind of causes Dell to tell Chet, you know, the army is just one choice for you, but I would be happy. Just, I want you to do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. I want you to choose your own path.
1: Well, I think you get the sense that Dell, either his, his wife, they split and the son's now living with him or the wife has passed away. And now they're left together because he, you get the sense that he just moved in with his son. You get, they just moved there, but you get the sense that, Who's the lady it's, he's moving? I don't
0: know. No, 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 no. What, what, what lady? There's a lady in that house. No, Otis's house. No, there's, Dell has, a, has where, a woman in the house where that house that they talk mom? to. When they're moving in stuff, there's a lady that he's talking to. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember I feel that like at he's all. just separated from his son in terms of he's always put work first and his son just is kind of closed off to his well, father. Well,
1: if I don't remember that, then, then there's definitely stuff that's not, that's been left out. Uh, not of, not. Of that they shot it, but definitely the stuff they'd left out of the script or something like that, because there's more to that story. Um, granted, this, the main crux of the story, which we haven't gotten to, is everything around Sam Deeds and Buddy Deeds and, you know, what Sam Deeds thought of his own father. Like, everyone loves Buddy Deeds. He's, you know, he was cherishing that town. So a Buddy
0: Deeds that the town knows and the uh, Buddy
1: Deeds Yeah, that his father, he says. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he knows. Yeah, you know, at home, he was judge, jury, and executioner. No, I watched this in 96, so I'm 23? 2021 20, excuse me i can't do math i'm about 21 so i i dug it i know i liked it but i think now watching it that i really just i really love a lot of the lines in this movie i really love the dialogue i love just the undercurrent i love the last line in the movie I love like, you know, Chris Cooper in this movie. I, you know, McConaughey's being McConaughey. He's good. He's reserved. But you kind of get a glimpse of like what you're going to get because this was his first kind of not big role. But this was a a a bit big time role for him in, in his early earlier in his career. Sure. I mean, he's really only in the exact scene that's in the trailer for this film. Well, he's in. Well, he's in a couple. He's in
0: like the end. You get the end where he's maybe in. He has one line and he's in maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, no, of it. I got you. the beginning. It's like a two minute scene. And then you get the other scene in the uh, drive-in movie uh, thing where he doesn't have right. a lot of lines. It's more just but it's, action. Know, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think like the quote unquote twist. I don't think it's presented as a twist. Like I don't think you're supposed to be surprised by it. No, I saw that coming right. miles away. Uh, and we're talking. So, I mean, go ahead. You can, you, you, you tell, I guess everybody what the twist is. If you so, don't see the movie.
0: Don't listen. So throughout the whole movie, you get the fact that, uh, Sam and Pilar are it's Pilar, right? Pilar. Yeah. Sam and Pilar are kind of were in love as teenagers and they were kind of separated by their parents. Both Pilar's mother and Sam's father didn't want them to see each other, which doesn't really jive with a lot of the rest of the film. Whereas everybody's supposed to be like, everybody's buddy's friend. The Mexicans are buddy's friends. The black community's buddy's friends. The white people are buddy's friends. So why would he not want this relationship? And so at the end, Sam realizes that Pilar's father was actually killed. A year and a half before she was born, so it couldn't possibly be who she thought her father was. And it turns out Pilar's father was Buddy. Yeah. So they are actually half brother, half, half sister. Right. And um, and that is why their parents didn't want
1: them to see each other. Right. And they obviously have a sexual relationship in this movie. Uh And at the end of the film, they kind of, you know, uh, Sam Deeds figures it out and he tells Pilar and it's like they're just basically like, you know, they don't care. And and right. honestly, I mean, it's, it didn't bother me. I know that, you know, we're supposed to be like, ew, you know, but like it, it didn't bother me. And I, I, no. you know what I mean? Cause, cause, cause they went off and she says, you know, we, even when we were both married to other people, I always felt that there was a connection between us and she was saying it like, is it because he's just our, we have the same father. And, and right. Sam is like, no, I don't believe that. I believe there is a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There is a connection. And, and her last line in the movie, she, and he's just like, you know, they're like talking about how like, you know, let's just be together. He's like, I I don't believe that. I don't believe that. It's just because, because we have the same dad. And she's like, you know, let's just, so we just start new. We start from scratch. Yeah. And she's like, forget the Alamo. And I'm like, oh, that's a great line. I love that line. <laughs> um, Everything I've done has been to get back to you, basically, right, is what he said. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, I, I mean, I could, I'm just going to sit here and wax all, all over the talk about the the dialogue and whatnot, but I don't want to do that too much. Hold tight, Butler. It's time to make some money. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O co, And remember to be sure to add our podcast
1: in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. One of the lines that I really like is when Sam is at the bar and uh, he's talking to the bartender. The bartender is basically complaining about how you know, it's being overrun by Mexicans. That that's what he said. Like the town's being, over- it's a border town, but it's, right. you know, like, it's going to be more of them yeah. than us. Yeah. And he's like, I'm as liberal as the next guy. And Sam's like, if the next guy is a redneck, yeah," <laughs> <laughs> which I liked.
0: I like that Sam is very honest with like his opinion of people and like they just take it. Yeah. But he's, he doesn't mince words, but he's not like a, a dick about it.
1: Well, I think that this whole movie is about people. It's about people relating to people and relations, and people living in the real world. Now, I, I mean, it's easy to take this film and equate it to where how we live these days where everyone's online and they think that social media is real life. But that's a different tale. But one of the parts of this movie where I thought was... Basically laid out what this movie's about is when he goes across the border to talk to the to guy that witnessed the murder Sheriff Charlie Wade had and he, and he's like you know my god he talks about governments he's like it's not about who govern- who's in charge who government does this it's about people Yeah absolutely You know what I mean yeah. that's the whole point of the story it's about these people are all live together and yes there are biases and and prejudices and people that don't like people because of the color of their skin but they still all live together and it's like you know what I mean? It, it, it's, I don't know. I just, I appreciated that. That oh, even, though, sure, even though, even though yeah. there's people in here that have backwards opinions, it, you know, it doesn't matter. This is their country. This is where they live. This is their town. This is, you know what I mean? They, they, everybody put roots here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like everybody goes across the border. It's, it really is a story about people because it's Sam's investigation isn't really, I mean, it's a 40 year old murder. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's like a 40 year old murder. And it's not, it's more for his own edification. It's more for his own peace of mind, trying to connect a piece of his father or prove that his father did something because he had a bad relationship with his father. It's not so much a cop case. It's not like he even says, you know, I'm I'm going over the board. I'm going just for me to talk to somebody. Right, right.
1: You know, and he actually has the badge off when he goes over there, which is probably also for his safety. But yeah, he also has, he took the badge (laughs) off. So,
0: So it's really... It's a police case, but it really isn't.
1: A no, police it's not. Case. It's yeah. not. It's It's more about him investigating his past. Right. And Who was Buddy D? Right. And you get the sense that he almost, he doesn't want it to be Charlie Way because he doesn't want to have to do this. But, you know, he, he's almost, it, it, I, I wonder if ever in his mind, it's like, I kind of want to prove my dad wasn't as great as everyone says Oh, he I was. think that absolutely that's what right. it is. It's, I want this to be Buddy. But even when he finds out the truth and he finds out what happened that night, which is it wasn't Buddy D's that shoots the sheriff. It was actually Hollis because Hollis had already witnessed him murder. And he, I couldn't w- take him murdering another right. man. Yeah. Which, which, you know what? He needed to do that to Charlie Wade, but oh but, no, yeah. <laughs> but like the fact that he says, you know, everyone's going to think Buddy did it. And he's like, he's a legend. He, he, he can take it. Exactly. Which yeah. I love. I love that too. It's
0: well, like- I think that's an acceptance that, you know, Buddy again did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the lawful thing. Right. But even Sam who throughout this entire movie is very lawful. Awful. He's very. This is the law. This is the rules. He's like, God damn it! My dad did the right thing,
1: and you get and he's that give away. right? And you get that same idea with uh, Miriam Cologne, which is Pilar's mother, when she is at her estate or she's at her house and she sees Mexicans who have just crossed the border in America and she's going to call the border patrol. And then the second time she's Webex. Right. And the second time, one of the people that uh, work for her is is, is also bringing people over. And one of the women, his fiance breaks her leg. Right. And so he brings her to her house and says, can you please help? And then you get the flashback of like, that's how she came into the country. Yeah. And she's been complaining this whole time about illegals. and and, And I think it's very easy and I think this it goes to sales. It's very easy for someone to just not really write that part for Cologne. Like that is just kind of like, oh, she's somebody who doesn't you could you know, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like that they cross the border and she could be a supporting character. You don't give her any any scenes or anything like that. Right. But she does. They get, he gives her a complete arc in this movie. And I think that just we talk about the Dell and Hollis stuff with Joe Morton excuse me, the Dell and Otis stuff with Joe Morton in Canada, you could have just ignored that as well. So it, the fact that they all have little mini arcs that are being completed, I think Absolutely. just makes you appreciate the movie that much more and makes you appreciate John sales that much more. I'm a sales fan. If anyone has noticed
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like Mercedes Cruz's whole plot. Like you said, it's easy to just write her as, you know, Oh, there are people that are racist against their own races too. And so not give her that arc and you give her that arc and, right. You know, she's still the way she kind of is at the end. She still tells Enrique, you know, in English, you're in America. Right. But she's still helping them out and getting her to fix her leg and not calling Border Patrol on them. But on the other hand, you do get it with uh, Tony Plana's character, who you only briefly see. It turns out he's going to try to run for sheriff against Sam because basically the city council, including the mayor, want him to run against Sam because Sam's not kind of playing ball.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, you,
0: you get that moment with him. In his character's name is Ray. You get that moment where he's arresting another Mexican American guy or Mexican guy.
1: Oh no, he's right. So he's, he's talking
0: crap about yeah. him, like, oh well, you know, you're you're just a traitor. You're basically you a cop. You yeah, know, when yeah. are they going to trade you out for something else? It's only because you're playing their game. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting because that also plays into the army subplot as well. Yep. With the well, people. the base is being shut down, right? Is the that base what's is going to be shut down, but it's going to take a few years. Yeah. He even said he's sta- Del says he's stationed there for three years, um, but. He gets to experience, you know, a lot of the um, black Americans that are joining the air, ba- uh, the army base are because they are trying to find a way out of their bad living conditions. Uh, they're yeah. basically living in a bad part of town and they want to get out. And this is an easy way for them to get out. And he's got to kind of learn that it's not just about discipline, that these people are joining the army because this is their way out.
1: It's a, yeah. Whereas you get the idea that Dell joined up because he believed in a cause. Right. Um, and, and if this is like the nineties, you probably would assume that Dell probably joined up. Uh, I guess he probably served. Well, uh, I guess not really Vietnam. He did. I think he did desert storm. Cause I think he's
0: got You're some right. medals for being You're right. over, uh, You're in the right. Northeast You're right. On the, uh, uh but slide. you know,
1: he, yeah. And, and his conversation with the, uh, the female soldier who, the beginning of the movie you have there's a there's a shooting at there's the there's a club. shooting at yeah at Otis's club I can't remember oh what's it called the O Club the Oak Club something yeah. like that yeah and you know it's it because a lot of people at the O Club are from the base so he has to investigate and he and that's you know that's
0: how he hooks up with his father right basically. which
1: he they already knew that they were he already knew Dell was in the in town. They already knew they just were avoiding each other or Dell was avoiding Otis. Right. And he he's trying to investigate like why you know he should just ban it for for everyone on base to go to. But when he talks to the the female officer, because I guess she fails a drug test, female officer, female uh, soldier, she, she fails a drug test. He's tr- legitimately trying to ask her, like, why are you in the army? Right. And, and it's almost like it's an extension of him also trying to relate to his son, because there's only that one scene with him and his son at the uh, when he tells him you could do whatever you want to do. There's really no other scenes with his son. Yeah, you got their they're moving in scene and stuff yeah. like that, but yeah. So I think he's trying to understand, I guess, uh, a young person's decision making skills and why, like you said, why did you, why would you join the army? And he has to come to terms with that and understand that. I love I love that scene, and I can't. Again,
0: the castles is written so poorly. It's just so many, yeah, I know. <laughs> and there's so many different characters in this. Like, she's not Athena, right? Because Athena is Otis's wife. I don't. I listen. You're asking. Yeah. You're asking me who forgot that Del had a wife. Yeah. So I can't. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> her scene, that young officer scene where he asked, when he asked her why, and she goes, you know, I take to take orders because it's easy to take orders. You blah, do blah, what blah. they say. Yeah. You do what you, they say. You don't believe, you know, it's not, it, she says it's not our country. Right. You know, it's their country. We just have to play by their rules. And if they're giving us orders, it's easier to play by their rules. Right. And I thought that was, especially in this day and age, I was like, that still re- resonates really like.
1: That's a lot. Day. There's a lot of themes in this movie that are definitely, uh present in today which is which is again i'm going to say it again goes to the writing and goes to just sales grasp of human nature and just kind of relate people relating to each other this is uh this is forgotten summer and i already know why this movie and i'm not getting to that point but i already know why this movie's forgotten is because it's in the wrong it was the wrong time it shouldn't have come out in the summer this is not a summer film i know it takes place in texas but it's not a summer film it's hot yeah (laughs) But this movie screams of being in the fall just because of its I I mean I often, I wonder if this movie came out more closer towards Oscar season if you would have seen some nominations for like Cooper or not maybe Elizabeth or, or Pena or something like that or even Joe Morton. you know what I mean I think I think, think, I think pretty, you know, would. yeah. I think that that whole
0: scene is great and then you get Dell telling her why he joined the army right and it wasn't for the country right it was for the guy next to you mm-hmm. it was to do something where you're saving someone's life where you're helping them out where you're picking them up when they're down it's not about what side you're on or who you're whose flag you're wearing it's about being with people and helping people right and then that kind of like helps that connection kind of helps him out and obviously he gives her another chance he's mm-hmm. like there'll be an investigation but i just want to talk to you because this is going to go a long way to he wants friend. to know I yeah know exactly. exactly why you do what yeah. you're
1: doing what did you think of the transitions between present to past and then back? I love them. Right? I thought they were Aren't great. they great?
0: Yeah. They're so well done. There's no fades. It's just the camera goes from one character to like the first one you get the, with McConaughey's flashback. You go down, they're in the Mexican restaurant. They go down
1: to the uh, fajitas. You just see that. Well, so you see him start the story. And then yeah. obviously his the old man's hands go down. Hollis' and old man's hands go down. So clearly that's in that, sh- you know what oh, I mean? In yeah. he has to
0: pull out and walk right. away. Yeah. And then young hands come in from the other side and lift the fajitas yes. and there's a $10 yes. bill in there. Yeah. And it's McConaughey. And I, I was like, that's awesome. Isn't it? There's yeah. so many of those flashbacks that are so well done and so awesome. The other one in Otis's bar is
1: really good. Yep, yep. And every every time oh. they do the, and it's all in camera, which, which makes it that much more interesting and much more... App- I'm appreciative of it. Yeah. So I was reading reviews of these and I'm not going to say the guy's name, but like he complained about how it's very, very indie filmmaking work. And it doesn't, He was like bitching about the, the, the look of the film and how it was just, it wasn't like, there wasn't anything like, fancy with the shot work and the stuff like that. i go, go, number one, that's not the type of movie it is. Okay, and n- you know what I mean? Like, I think the transitions are super right, fancy right, shot right. work. But this, now this review is not from 96. This review is like a retrospective kind of thing. So it's some dude looking back. It's like, that's not the movie. And number two, they are good. It's I've seen them much, much worse. The transition in Otis's bar not only transitions the
0: camera and then pans back up, but transitions the lighting yeah. in a way that you don't even notice that all of a sudden the lights have yeah. changed in the bar right. that they're in.
1: I got news for this unnamed... Uh, Critic, because I don't want to give him any press for the four, four people that listen to that podcast, but, <laughs> but that's called filmmaking, idiot. That's what, that's that's filmmaking. And if you're a filmmaker or you're someone who appreciates filmmaking and you watch this, all you can sit there and go like, oh, how do they do that? That's awesome. I like that. And to the other comment about it looking like an indie film, it doesn't really look like an indie film. Yeah.
0: It looks like a personal film. It looks like a film that's a very personal film that's set where it's set. Everything's just real because it's a real place otis's bar you know going into mexico in the tire tracks i mean it's all really cool sets they shoot in really interesting locations that are locations you're not going to see in california well maybe in southern california but most of california all the way to new york that is distinctly texas on the border texas
1: yeah especially when he's at the uh the native american shop where the guy's selling all those things and and he's trying to sell him everything it's just like (laughs) oof where he basically finds out that Buddy Deeds, his father, had a mistress. I love that when he comes back. He's like, apparently my Buddy Deeds had a lady for 15 years yeah. and no one told me. Mother, buddy Deeds is the greatest guy. Mother's a saint. Yeah. Mother buddy Deeds had a mistress. For 15 years, everyone seemed to know about it. Yeah, yep. exactly. And you got you get a little bit in the idea of, I'm curious if this, um, what you think about how he learns that that Buddy kind of cuts deals with everybody. And that, that's how he was a, that's how he... Uh, was a sheriff. That's why everyone loved him because Buddy Dees was understanding and reasonable. And plus when you compare him to how Charlie Wade was, who just basically wanted a piece of everything, you couldn't do anything without getting him. Uh, Charlie Wade having a piece of it. Or a bullet in the head. Yeah. Right. And if you ticked him off, he would just shoot you, which was his move was like, show me your gun. And then he's just going to shoot him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know how the, the guy that was cleaning out the trash cans, who's obviously a prisoner in the jail. Yep. 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 And he was like, you know, Oh, your father had me build his deck while, while you were, While you were in jail? Yeah, yeah. 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 So like that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And your mother made me lunch every day. You know, it's like, who wouldn't want that? I'm outside. Uh, You know, like that kind of thing. Yes. It's, it's, you know, he takes care of the people in town. Do you, what do you think of that?
0: But he does the right thing, not necessarily the lawful thing. And it's very similar to Dell and Otis and their relationship. That's That's kind of how. They're able to take these very separate stories and put them together. Although Otis kind of comes back into Sam's life at the end, he kind of rounds out that story. Right. Dell and Sam are on very similar paths Mm -hmm. with their fathers. You know, Otis at at the same time isn't like a super like staunch, like, I got to do this. These are the rules. Got to follow the rules. And Sam's the other way. He is. I got to follow the rules. And his father was, I got to do the right thing, which isn't necessarily the lawful thing. Right. But it's the right thing. And that's something Sam couldn't get his head around because that's wrong to Sam. Yeah. And it takes until that last moment where he realizes. With Wade, which with Wade's death, the right thing was absolutely to hide the body. What he did The was wrong right. thing would right. have been to arrest but it's, for that. but
1: it's very easy for somebody in that, in Buddy's position who cuts favors, who like does the right thing instead of the lawful thing, who takes care of people. It's very easy for somebody to get corrupted by that. So oh, like, can I can understand yeah. Sam being hesitant in, in terms of uh, looking up to his father in that way. If you tell, yeah, depending on how you tell those stories, it almost makes him seem exactly like Wade. Right. Because what's what's the yeah, exactly. What's stopping Buddy from? taking money here or there or, you know what I mean? Like getting a free lunch or whatever. Where does it end? He's only doing it for the cut. Right, right. right. So, you know, so it's understandable Sam's kind of consternation about his father. What did you think of um, Bunny? Because I didn't, I couldn't get a take on like what they were saying too much. I think Frances McDormand did an
0: amazing job with Bunny. (laughs) I think her character was so well done. I think it's unnecessary. I just, yeah. But- if there's anything extraneous in this film, I think it's that scene. But I think it's interesting to go back and see Sam's ex-wife. What happened between them? Like he didn't realize that she was, you know, "quote unquote" high strung. But I mean, she takes like eight thousand pills.
1: Yeah, she she talks about her father <laughs> and how her father, you know, the father liked Sam
0: more than I think she likes Sam. It was all about you know just taking him to football games and having some like a son to talk to. Right, right. Um, but I think that scene is really well done. It's really interesting. I just don't think it necessarily needed to be in the film. I don't know what it brought to the, well, he needed to get his stuff from his dad. That's as a plot device. Right. Yeah. But I didn't get what it did in terms of what did bunny serve in terms of telling Sam's story or in terms of relating to the theme of the movie. I
1: wasn't just quite maybe sure. Maybe what's where Sam went, why Sam left. Just like you had to see it. And also,
0: naming her Bunny was really confusing. Yes. Because I thought they kept calling her Buddy. And I was like, so he married a girl named Buddy? That's so gross. But, you know, that's. But then it turns out it was Buddy.
1: But here's the thing like, she is obviously from wealth. She is obviously someone that like, she doesn't pay for that home. Like, oh, no way. Her dad's probably big oil. And Bunny is probably, you know, either a nickname or, you know, what you call the socialite girl. No, I get you. Yeah. And she's probably tucked away, loving football. And that's what she loves. And she's found one thing that she's super passionate about because that makes her happy. So that nothing else, because everything else makes her sad kind of thing. You know, she's, you know, and she takes those tons of pills. And when they got married, she didn't act like
0: that. And then like, she just let it go. And she revealed herself to him. And that was what she really was.
1: <laughs> well, she also, well, there also might've been, you know, she's in a relationship probably that wasn't truly love and, you know, probably the, I'm sure the breakup didn't help. And the way her father treats her, like, I'm sure it's like, she's handled. Right. You know oh, I mean? yeah, she's absolutely. She's handled. Yeah. Yeah, like she, he'll never bring me the box seats. I'll go, I know
0: football better. I'd be more of a fan than anybody. They right. deserve to be in the crowds. You know, it's better. I need to be with people who like football. It's like, clearly the dad didn't want her in the box because like you yes, said, she's, she's tucked away that not yeah. show her often.
1: And and here, that again, that goes to probably this a lot goes to probably Francis McDormand bringing what she brought to the to the role. I'm curious. I'd be curious to, to know the conversations between her and sales in terms of like what what did how they decided to play this. Right. But uh, again, it's 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 a small role. It's one scene. And yet we're sitting here talking about it because it was really well was done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's so good. And, and, you know, it's Chris Cooper in terms of his acting is always uh, not methodical but just kind of he's low-key he is low-key and but there's a confidence in his performances especially in this where he is not concerned about everyone around him in terms of overshadowing him he knows like his role and the Sam deeds character is a character that is a lot as is internal is somebody who, like i get the sense that is a good cop but doesn't really want to do it anymore you know likes being sheriff. what you know probably wanted to be sheriff because that was the job he could get and they said like and they came to him like if you run you'll win so we needed a gig he needed a job He wanted to move yeah he yeah. basically says that yeah so i but like he doesn't feel there's no like i need to prove myself clearly still in love with pilar uh, uh, you know and, and i guess because he doesn't like how long has he been sheriff two years he's been in is that what he says? He's
0: been a sheriff for a couple of
1: years. Right. Yeah. And But they've never really, this is the first time that they've kind of interacted, him and Pilar, probably because of the investigation and, and brought up old memories and all that stuff.
0: Right. Well, he gets an excuse to kind of meet her when her son is brought in. Right. Because right. he was helping put in that stereo into the stolen car. Right. Or the stolen stereo into the other guy's car. It wasn't a stolen car. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of his excuse to then meet Pilar. And then they meet again at Buddy's, you know, statue. Which, got an ugly, ugly copper
1: painting of, that's like so terrible. I'm sure, you know, it's a $5 million movie. I'm sure sure it's not copper at all. Oh, no. I was was just like, (laughs) oof.
0: It's not a good likeness.
1: Uh, I re- I mean, we haven't talked about uh, Elizabeth Peña. I actually really liked her in this movie. And she's another another character in this movie that's internal a lot of times. I mean, you see her daughter a couple of times. And, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? The daughter's like, you know, what are they singing about? What do you think? And you all, everyone should know by that point it's love. You know, like that kind of thing. And she's, you know, the, her fight with her mother in the kitchen and everyone's watching and the mother leaves and the person that works at Tumache, lo siento. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was great. Yep. <laughs> That was, that uh, uh, was funny too. So, you know, she's got some great moments. I didn't realize she died so young. Yeah. T- she, she passed away 2014. Uh, yeah. Way too young, way too
0: young. But yeah, she's, she's fantastic in this movie. Like you said, um, if this movie had come out in
1: the winter season, I'm sure she would have been nominated. I think so. I think this film would have, and maybe we can get into a little bit, the forgotten stuff that we kind of talked about before, but I think this movie, if this movie came out December, November, uh, if it came out like you know just before the award season, and I'm trying to think this. See, here's the thing though like this movie came out in '96. The year that Shakespeare Love came out, which is '98, was really the first year where they kind of went hardcore with Oscar mailers and uh, you know, pushing to the academy to vote, oh hey, you know, like kind of like inundating with screeners and all that stuff. It became like its own business model in terms of like, okay, we need to spend this amount of money to just flood the Academy members with all of this content so that they can vote for us. It's also the year that the best picture winner didn't count. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause, Cause oh, it was yeah. stolen. <laughs> yeah. She's love is a great film. It's a it's, really good film. It's good. It's a really good film. I'll say really good film. It's not a best picture and you can't, I, I never, listen, I know this, I know the Academy is, it's, it's always political, all the, all the, the nods and the wins and all that stuff. And that's fine. I, 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 you know, you win, congrats, you get nominated, congrats, whatever. But how can you give Spielberg best director for a movie? That's not a best picture. How do you tell somebody like you were the best person in this entire year that directed a film, but your film's just not that good. Sorry. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, I digress. Uh, I do think that it, if it was released later in the year, it would have gotten more nods than just for writing.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. If you push some screeners out, like maybe people didn't really pay attention to it.
1: Yeah. But you push
0: some screeners out and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You can make a case for you can make a case for Pena. You can make a case for Joe Morton, and you can make a case for Chris Cooper in this movie. I think those are the three people that just because they had enough scenes, you know. Right. I think that they would you could make a case for a nomination for them. Absolutely. So that's how I feel. But but the reason why it's forgotten, I think it's because it did not belong in the summer. I think a lot yeah. of our summer films this season, this forgotten summer season, the reason why a lot of them are forgotten is because they're they're put out in the wrong time. I think a lot of your films were. Whoa, so, whoa. I think we picked, I, I said it last episode. I think we picked different
0: types of summer films. But I think you focused on ones that didn't belong in the summer and that's why they kind of failed.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure Lone Star was an earlier pick of mine. Uh, in terms Lone of... Lone Star's been on the list for a long right. time, yes. So, I think this is one of the movies that I chose because when we first started talking about the podcast... This is a movie people should talk right. about and they don't. That's Absolutely. I cannot recommend this movie enough to people. I cannot recommend this movie enough to people that love writing, that just love good stories, that just want to sit back and watch something that's just kind of like you're being told a story about yeah. a certain part of the ta- country uh in two different parts of the time. Even though it does... There's a couple times in the past but those are really just to help the present day story move along
0: yes they're not like inundated the, if you watch based on the trailer you're going to go into the trailer a thinking it's some kind of dark comedy which is right. not and you're also going to go into it thinking there's a lot more mcconaughey which is interesting because this is the actual trailer from 1996 that i'm talking about right and they
1: really pushed that mcconaughey angle which i thought was really surprising well, i think they pushed the mcconaughey angle because they were trying to push the mystery element of it. Right. So they were trying to put, like, even in the synopsis, they were trying to push the, Ooh, his, his father wasn't who he said he was. Like he's going to find out dirty secrets about his family. But, and that's part of the story, but it's really, again, it's about the people that live in this town. Yes. And their relationships and where they're from and where they're going and how they interact with everybody. And even, even small characters, you are still intrigued because you want to see like, Oh, like this would be a really good, series you know yeah, what i mean you could do something like yeah absolutely. This, this would be a, like because you have a basis for a bunch of people i just think it would get melodramatic i don't want it to get melodramatic like i'd want it to just be like like we always talk about six episodes this 10 would episodes have to be sure yeah. and then
0: you'd have to leave your entire cast behind or characters and go into a new look oh sure about yeah the same or here's america you don't right. see kind of a thing or you could
1: do you could do like i mean we're gonna pull from fargo here but you Different could errors yes <laughs> you could do like this present day story with Chris Cooper. Sure. And then the second season, you could do the McConaughey story and have, you know, and have the past, like all that stuff. That's true. I think you could, de- I think this is definitely a really good candidate to get done like that. Will it get done? Probably not, <laughs> you know, but you know, maybe one day we'll do a Butler. All right, let's go right. In. Even though I've never lived in Texas, I have no idea what it's like to live in Frontera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's put in the wrong time. And I also agree this is a fantastic film. I always talk about how a film needs a theme. Along with the story, along with characters, and this does not, while the themes are strong, these are really, really strong themes, they are not heavy handed, they are not going to beat you over the head with them in a melodramatic or just kind of like preachy kind of way, but the themes really carry strong with each character, with each story, and they are not separate stories like we've done with super separate stories like, uh, Go or eleven fourteen. It's it's not like those vignette kind of films, right and yet it does tell three or four separate stories, but they are all in some way very cohesive. And it's it's I will say it's edited fantastically. The way yes. they cut to different people's stories never feels jarring. I never go like oh, but I was really interested in that part. It, yeah, I kept it kept the flow really well, which well, I thought was good. It's
1: all it's a it's a complete movie. It's not. Four or five short films put together and try to connect it in some way, which is, which it's not a negative. It's just not that this is not not that kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. But it easily could have been. Yes, you could. I think this works better. Yeah, absolutely. I agree as well. Well, where can they find us?
0: You can find us at podcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us on the social medias. Uh, We post every day of the week. So check those out. And again, you're listening to our podcast right now, wherever you're listening. Why don't you hit like a a rating or leave a review, subscribe to us. All that kind of helps us grow our podcast so we can do more fun, (laughs) cool things,
1: I guess. Fun, cool things. Yeah. So come back next week as Forgotten Summer rolls along towards the end. We're going to be going to 2004. Uh, we're, we're talking about the movie Layer Cake, the British yeah. import starring uh, somebody. Who was it again? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. I was going <laughs> to say Daniel Baldwin. Daniel Craig. This is the movie that got him chosen for James Bond. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Layer Cake next week. Uh, yeah, so I got nothing else. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Wait, Forgotten Summer. You want know to my rattlesnake skin? Yeah. It like jumped out of me in a box. And I, could, and I murdered it because I was I was hunting in my trash. Uh, what was he in the junkyard? I thought it was open up a car? I don't know. He said it was open up a cooler. I thought. Oh, something like yeah, something like that. I don't know. Whatever. It was, it was gross. I Do you want, want the that. snake skin? Or no? <laughs>